Welcome to the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast series, which can be heard on VHHA.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get podcasts. We're a member of the Public Health Podcast Network, the Virginia Audio Collective, the NYC Podcast Network, and the Family Podcast Network. And we're on the radio each Saturday at noon and Sunday at 10 a.m. on 100.5 FM, 92.7 FM, 107.7 FM, and 8.20 a.m. across Central Virginia, and 16.50 a.m. in Hampton Roads, and Wednesdays at 1 p.m. on 93.9 FM in Richmond. Please send any questions, comments, or feedback to PCFpodcast at VHHA.com. That's PCFpodcast at VHHA.com. Today, we're excited to be joined by Dr. Vijay Ramakrishnan, a radiologist at Clinch Valley Health, for a conversation about Clinch Valley Health's new automated breast ultrasound system. So let's start by getting to know you a bit better. We know you're a radiologist at Clinch Valley Health, but we want to know a little bit more about the essential things that make you personally and professionally. So what are the things the world should know about you? Well, I was born and raised in Southwest Virginia, not far from where I practice right now. I was born in a town called Big Stone Gap, Virginia. And my father is a radiologist as well. So he came into the country around 1976 and kind of built a practice up in Southwest Virginia since then. And I was blessed to be able to, after training, so I did my residency in Connecticut at Bridgeport Hospital and did an interventional fellowship at New York University in New York City and came back to join dad uh, 2011, and kind of set up shop here in Richlands, Virginia, Clinch Valley Medical Center. So uh, I've been here since then, and just been kind of growing this practice as well. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. So we invited Dr. Ramakrishnan to join us to discuss Clinch Valley Health's new automated breast ultrasound system, which is a non-invasive ultrasound examination. To provide some basic context, breast cancer is the second most common cancer among women in the United States, so women over 40 are encouraged to get an annual mammogram. Sometimes, though, traditional mammograms encounter difficulty detecting cancer in dense breast tissue, which the National Cancer Institute says is a condition found in half of all women who are older than 40. With that background, could you tell us about the value of an automated breast ultrasound system and how it differs from traditional mammograms? Sure. So, like you just mentioned, the cornerstone of a screening for breast cancer. So, breast cancer is most survivable when it's caught before it's symptomatic, in the sense before you feel a lump or, you know, before it spreads. So that's the whole concept behind any kind of screening test. So just like a screening colonoscopy, screening for lung cancer, screening for breast cancer, you take women who are asymptomatic, so no symptoms, and put them into an annual kind of mammographic workup every year. So that's what happens. So women go in every year for mammograms, and if we detect any abnormality on the screening mammogram, we have her come back and we do additional kind of testing and imaging with either more unique mammograms or an ultrasound at that time. So that's how we catch breast cancers at an early stage. So that's the whole kind of concept behind screening. The whole point is to find the cancers early and to save lives. So the problem with mammograms is in especially younger women and in a group of patients that are known to have what's called dense breasts. So breast density isn't something that everyone kind of knows about. It's not a clinical feature. It's a radiographic feature that you see on mammograms. So what that is, normally, like an easy mammogram to read is one that has less glandular structures. We call it fatty, and it's a very clear kind of picture of the mammogram. So any kind of cancers that show up show up usually either white, either with calcifications or the actual nodule itself shows up white on the mammogram. So those are easy to catch. In about uh, 50% of the women, they're fairly easy to catch on mammogram. But that leaves another half of women have what's called dense breasts. 
So their breasts show up as diffusely white on the mammogram. So as you can imagine, the whiter the breast gets, the easier it is for a white cancer to hide in there. So roughly half the women population has dense breasts. So the mammogram has some limitations. It's not 100% accurate in picking these up. So in these patients, what we found is a screening ultrasound, meaning where the entire breast on both sides is scanned with ultrasound, can offer you more information. And in the past, maybe four or five years ago until recently, those would have to be done with a handheld ultrasound. So the technologist would have to literally scan every portion of each breast on each side to get a full picture. And then not only that, you're also at the mercy of the technologist being able to see something. As a radiologist, I read the scans, all sorts of scans. I read MRI, CT, everything. But I don't actually perform them, so I just read them. We rely on having excellent training for our technologists to actually acquire the pictures for us. And ultrasound is even more specialized because we rely on them to find the abnormalities and measure it and show us different pictures, different views of it. So you have to have a really, really good ultrasound tech, which we do have excellent technologists here. But a handheld breast screening ultrasound can take up to an hour, even in the most seasoned technologist's hands. And then you're also potentially missing something. The technology doesn't see a small nodule or she misses something to to really take some extra pictures on. So this really, really became cumbersome in the past to set up a screening program in dense breast women. We, we just don't have enough time in the day to do that. But with the advent of what's called ABUS, A-B-U-S, Automated Breast Ultrasound Screening, it's a brand new technology which... The machine itself has a built-in computer and a moving scan head where it scans each breast itself without the technologist having to look herself. And it uploads the pictures. The really cool, interesting part of it is it's able to take the ultrasound pictures and reprocess them in a way where we can look at them three-dimensionally on a different workstation. So it's a whole, even though it's the same exact ultrasound technology, it's revolutionary in the way you can view a breast ultrasound, and it's really meant for doing population-wide screening for breast cancer. So it's really useful in women with dense breasts. And it, it adds another 30 to 40% accuracy in picking up breast cancers in dense breast women. So it's, it's super important. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for sharing that. And Clinch Valley Health is in Richlands, Virginia, like you mentioned, in the southwest portion of the Commonwealth. And it's the only hospital from Charleston, West Virginia, to Johnson City, Tennessee, to offer the screening option. That's right. We were extremely lucky we were able to get this. It'll eventually get more widespread, but but we are pretty much the only option for this for, you know, as as you mentioned, an extremely large area. Yeah. On another recent podcast episode, we profiled the story of Caitlin Bartley, a Clinch Valley nurse who underwent genetic testing to determine her risk for breast cancer. We often talk about enhancing access to healthcare services. Thinking about this breast ultrasound technology, as well as the genetic testing example I referenced, I'm interested to hear your thoughts as a clinician serving a more rural community about the importance of patients having access to these kinds of diagnostic services. Well, yeah, it's a really, really good point. People think traditionally of quote-unquote rural medicine as, you know, less quality. And that may be the case in several instances, but we're actually extremely lucky with the administration here at Clinch Valley under the leadership of Peter Mulkey and under the LifePoint umbrella of hospitals to be able to really provide an extremely high level of care for our patients here. You probably wouldn't even think about it, but if you drove by our hospital, 
we have far more specialties than you would ever imagine. We even have interventional cardiology. We have urology, pulmonary, gastroenterology, in addition to all the other primary care doctors that work here. So we're kind of a diamond in the rough here, put in other terms. So patient healthcare in rural areas is extremely challenging. But if you have the correct business model, which I think LifePoint does, what they do is they try to maximize the amount of services they have at each hospital. Some of the people listening may can probably sympathize with this. Some of the bigger hospital chains, and you know, I'm not going to say any names, but they tend to operate in a hub, like a like a hub kind of system. So they'll have one large hospital in a large city, and all these smaller rural hospitals kind of feed patients, quote unquote, into that major hospital. So they don't offer the same level of services that they would otherwise. So they kind of all go to one place for more advanced imaging and procedures. But the model we have here is we try to keep everything in-house. And it's really, really beneficial for not just Richlands, but for a wide surrounding area. We have patients coming here from, you know, a couple of hours in all directions. So it's been an honor and a privilege to work here for that reason. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And based on your expertise, what advice might you have to offer someone about the value of getting a mammogram? And if dense breast tissue is detected, getting advanced screening through an automated breast ultrasound system? Yeah, that's a really good question. Let me kind of go over a couple of things. So density of breast became kind of a a well-known and publicized kind of aspect of mammography about 10 years ago. And since that time, Most states at this point require, so whenever a woman gets a screening mammogram, she'll receive in the mail a letter with her results, whether it's normal or benign or whether she needs to come back with additional views. But also on that letter, it'll specify whether or not she has dense breasts. So that's the first step is how does a woman know if she has dense breasts? Because you're not going to just like know that. You'll know that if it says that on your screening mammogram result list. Even if it says normal, it may at the bottom say something about the woman having dense breasts. So that's the first step is knowing whether or not a woman has dense breasts. So that should be on the letter and most states mandate that. The second step is if if you see that on the letter, you really need to contact your provider, whether it's your family care or OB or whoever ordered the mammogram and strongly encourage them to set you up for a screening breast ultrasound, preferably with ABUS technique, ABUS, automated breast ultrasound technique. And at this point in time, there's, I think, around 11 to 15 states that have mandated private insurances to pay for the screening. In all cases, Medicare will pay 100% for the screening breast ultrasound if you have dense breasts, but not all private payers at this point are agreeable to that. But the good news is legislation is in, at least they're considering legislation in both West Virginia and Virginia state legislatures. And it's important if you do know your state representatives to kind of put that in their ear to really get it to the point where we have full coverage for all women. So that's that should be getting more smoothed out sooner rather than later. But the first step is to recognize whether or not you have dense breasts. If you do, then strongly push your provider to set you up for a screening breast ultrasound. Awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you so much again for being with us today. Before we let you go, we do have a tradition on the Patients Come First podcast to ask our guests a pair of personal questions to give listeners a sense of who you are beyond the work you do. To keep things interesting, we have a list of 10 mystery questions. So please choose two numbers between 1 and 10 and I'll ask you the corresponding questions. 
Okay, I'll take uh, four and nine. Four and nine. Number four. Which, if any, of the following things do you consider most plausible? Bigfoot, the Loch Ness Monster, or UFOs and aliens? If none of those apply, but you believe in something else along those lines, please share it. So most plausible? Yes. Most plausible, I'd have to go with the UFO aliens. Any reason why? or? Uh, just statistically. Yeah. I, there's there's got to be something out there. And I'm pretty <laughs> sure Loch Ness and Bigfoot are, are hoaxes. <laughs> okay, number nine. So if you were miraculously granted one wish, what would you wish for? Whoa. Hmm. I would wish for the elimination of breast cancer. It's a very altruistic answer. And well, that brings us to the close of another episode of the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast. If you like what you heard, please make sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe so you know when new episodes are released. And we want to once again thank our guests for joining us today. So thank you. Thanks so much.